Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. James Scott and Adam with you. We're not in the Switch 1197 studios. We're doing a bit of a remote record, so apologies in advance for any audio issues. Guys, how are we? Yeah, you can officially blame James for any audio problems this week. I prefer to blame Apple, but... <laughs> at, least, at least the view's better from this remote location <laughs> than where we had, but uh, yeah. And we have <laughs> air Definitely is right. Yeah. All right, so yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. So we're actually dedicating a fair bit of time to the controversial game in Adelaide on the weekend, which saw the Raw go down 2-1. I go offline for a few hours to go run the 10k race at UQ, and all hell seems to break loose. Scott? Yeah, it was a pretty mundane game for 95 minutes, and then it all, as you said, all hell broke loose at the very end, the last 30 seconds of injury time. Yeah, so what happened was, Michael Theo claimed the ball, spilled it, picked it up again, went to try and get a quick release, to a player for one last counter-attack, although I don't think there was really time for it. Dylan McGowan decided it was time for a piggyback and just started holding on to Theo. Theo, trying to shake himself loose, that doesn't work, so he swings an elbow, collects McGowan in the face, and then Theo gets sent off. Stephen Lucas, the referee, got a lot of, you know, controversy throughout the game, and frankly, I think it was kind of... He made the right decision, but where he got it wrong was awarding a penalty to Adelaide. Yeah, that's the one part of it he got wrong in this whole thing. I mean, the the red card for Theo is 100% justified. It's just there was a foul by McGowan first. And it's a self-admitted foul, too, on social media in the aftermath. Adam, how annoyed are you? <sighs> look, I'm... <laughs> Yeah, look, I can I can see where where uh, the referee has sort of made made the decision. Now, as you said, I think we're all agreeing. I think the majority of people in agreeance. The fact is, is that where the error has been is that should the foul on on Theo should have been the first one, which should have been a free kick. Mm. Now, like I said, it doesn't justify Michael Theo then elbow him out of the way, and that's probably where the punishment's right. But I think the sour taste everyone's mouth is the fact that a penalty was awarded, which was the game basically on the line, and with and with uh, a non non normal goalkeeper trying to save it. Yeah, so Thomas Christensen was the one that stepped into the goal, but we're just going to stick with the decision making process right now. What stood out for me was the fact that there was a really big delay in the fact that he went and awarded the penalty. It honestly, to me, looks like he panicked in the moment and went, "Oh my god, oh my god, what have I just done here? Wait, hang on, penalty." I would, I would hope that you know that, yeah, that the the, the process, because yeah, because that's um, it's one of those things where you you think you question whether there's any process. Like he he's a, sort of relatively inexperienced. I, I'm not sure what how many. It's a um, handful. A handful of 20 games. Something? Yeah, twenty something games, and you know that's a, that's a big moment. Like I said, and that's two points. You know, the raw has has been cost pretty much because of that decision where you know. Where would if you had another referee who had a bit more experience, maybe the level had prevailed. So I think yeah, the inexperience might have caught him out here. But that is one thing I suppose you kind of learn a little bit about referees yeah. in Australia. We complain that the current crop aren't doing well enough. 
you've got to bring in the new guys somehow and they've got to get experience somewhere. But Not this, to make it sound like a job ad, but everyone wants experience. But this, this is a thing about the whole sort of, you know, the absolute slamming of you now of Stephen Lucas. You know, he, like it's it's no it's no mistake like I said that all of a sudden, like you're getting you know, referees that you know at the A League moment are just not they're not experienced enough, and that's because people consistently badgered people like Ben Williams probably out of the game, you know, before before him, Mark Shield and all that. And that's the thing is, is that there's going to be a transition. You can't expect every referee to be a Mark Clattenburg or a Pierre Luigi Colina, and that's and like I said, there there's a time and process. I'm not defending Stephen Lucas because at the end he made a mistake, but I think some of the accusations are bias. Cheating, no, I think goes way beyond, and I understand that that's frustration. But at the end of the day, you know what? You've got to look at what's in front of you, and that's the inexperienced referee. He made a mistake, yeah, it cost him a game, and he probably won't um, referee anything big again this season. But I think somebody, on especially on social media, I think it really crossed the line. I think. Yeah, well, I honestly think a lot of the time it is easy to mistake incompetence for hostility. <laughs> Well, Mark Bosworth was telling a story on um, on shootout on Sunday night. He was basically saying that he did something similar when he was a junior. He um, was fouled and he elbowed someone. And he did, the referee ignored the fact that he got fouled. And he just sent him off because of the, the elbow. So maybe that's what Stephen Lucas did, rightly or wrongly. Yeah, I'm not trying to defend him. I'm just saying that might be the thought process he went through. Because I don't I think we're trying to work out how it was given as a a red card and a penalty, and that might be what he just saw. He might have just. I honestly want to, and this is pure speculation on my part. But I wonder if Lucas is looking at his watch going, oh, hang on, we're in, what, 94 minutes and 58 seconds or something. I'm just going to watch my watch tick over. Theo's going to throw the ball out and I'm going to do this. So, again, this is just a guess, but maybe he could have been a little bit preoccupied with saying, do I blow full time or do I let them get one last attack? Because clearly, this was the three points that Brisbane desperately needed against bottom of the table, presumptive wooden spoon as Adelaide. And there was a sub in injury time, wasn't there, as well? So that would have added... Times, well, he might have been checking for that, but this, this is the second time this happened to the Raw this year now as well. In the W League, Mackenzie Arnold got sent off for a sneaky elbow as well. And so then that that cost the Raw three points in that game and a shot at the finals. So this hmm. has happened before this season. Well, hopefully this doesn't cost the Raw anything major come finals time, but I also do think there are plenty of other times. If, you know, they do wind up yeah. two points short of whatever, I think there are plenty of other incidents you can look at and go, well, the Raw kind of screwed themselves yeah. there. But... In that same regard, though, yeah, for me, I just, I don't know what Theo was thinking swinging the elbow. I was saying jokingly, like, what, and I played goalie growing up, and for me, what I would have done there was drop the ball, get ready to kick it, and then if you did want to go after McGowan, swing your leg back, collect him in the kneecap or something, and say, well, don't stand there behind me. Because what I, I remember what I used to do, because being quite tiny in stature, I'd have people just standing right in front of me when I'd try and kick it out of my hands to play it forward. So you change your kicking action a little bit, make it a little bit more roundhouse and just clip them on the back and say, don't stand so close next time. I actually did have a referee at one point say, he did warn you not to stand so close. What are you getting so angry about? You can see what he was trying to do though, Theo. He was trying to throw the ball forward quickly on a counter-attack. It's just, you can't elbow someone while you do it. Yeah, but I see the elbow, it wasn't as though the elbow was even part of the motion. Like if you had clipped him with a heel or something... And it was actually smart for McGowan as well. I mean, if that was its shoe on the other foot, I'd be delighted with my defender doing that because he's stopping the counter-attack. Well, I'll take the foul yeah. on the card for that perfectly fine. That's, 
but is really that, smart play from Miguel. That, and, uh, and also as well, if the, the second most hated person in this part of the world was Dylan McGowan. And we won't, we won't repeat some of the things that were, were said on social uh. media. I thought it was just absolutely disgusting and boring. I think those people should be ashamed of themselves. But besides that, was the actions of Dylan McGowan, quote, cheating? Now, it's, it's, no. it, it, are we going to get to a stage now where professional fouls, which we see it all the time in football, cynical professional yeah. fouls, should be a red card if it's breaking up? Because that is what Dylan McGowan did. And, you know, that's the thing. You know, it's, like I said, he admitted yeah. that he was, trying to, he was trying to foul slow down the game. But are we getting to a stage where, you know, the laws of the game need to be reviewed, where that sort of cynical foul is actually a dismissal? Well, take a look at Granite Xhaka for Arsenal earlier this year. He got sent off for essentially kicking a guy in an ankle who was about to break on a counter-attack. And from memory, there wasn't incident with Sydney in the first third of the season. There's always incidents with Sydney and cynical fouls. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I remember specifically, I think it was David Carney or one yeah, of the... Yeah, hacking someone definitely behind, Rah- yeah. Yeah, Rahai and Grant or something, <laughs> and yeah, I think it was against Newcastle, player was on a counter-attack and just got kicked in the yeah. ankle. Oh, everyone does it, but that's the thing is that all of a sudden, there are people there are people saying out there that that should be almost the same level as, um, as what Michael Theo did. I, I look at it as well, from the other point of view of if that was uh, one of our defenders and an opposing goalkeeper swung the elbow, would you have then argued, oh, it's simultaneous, so he shouldn't have been sent off? No, that's it w- ridiculous. It, it would ridiculous. It would have been Matt Mackay yeah. doing it, though, so the yeah. elbow would have gone straight over his head. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to end that. Certainly would have had it gone over Joe Coletti's head, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so the match review panel ruled on Monday that Theo would get a two-match ban, one for the direct red and an additional game for violent conduct. At the time, the Raw said that they were going to appeal the suspension, but yeah, I, it seems like that's going to be a little bit frivolous. Although reports overnight suggest, in the paper suggest that they might be reconsidering that position, so I don't know what's going on there. I think it's also important to note is that if and with the whole Theo incident, that depends on how the MRP or judiciary are looking at that, because if it's in slow mo, it is very very damning against uh, Michael Theo as opposed to full speed. So. I, I think you know maybe the the um the club's got some advice saying you know what you you pursue this appeal and it may end badly and that may be one additional game suspension and it also could just yeah. turn into one of those things where you know the boy who cried wolf almost where <laughs> you know I'm not saying it will happen but in a couple of weeks maybe Jade North gets a red card that's unjust and you yeah. sort of go back to the FFA and match review panel and they go oh these guys again really <laughs> but that. There was a yeah. lot more to this after the full-time well, so, whistle. Sorry, Theo, if the suspension holds, will miss home games against Victory and the Mariners, but he'll be back for the important away game to Perth. Oh, good. Which so, I think is the game you absolutely need him for, because that's fourth and fifth right there. Mm. And, yeah, so Jamie Young's going to palm the ball onto the shins of Ro- <laughs> Donovan in a couple of weeks <laughs> oh, then. Oh, dear. <laughs> Send your hate mail, too. <laughs> uh, BrisbaneFootballReview at gmail.com. Ah, I think it is. <laughs> Well, was I supposed to give a fake email address there? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so controversial moment too. In the tunnel after the game, there was an incident between Ross Aloisi and Jacopo Romayo, the Adelaide United assistant coach, so when assistants go bad. (laughs) (laughs) And there's still a lot of speculation over what happened here. It seems like Romayo is alleging that Aloisi punched him or something and he went down. It's weird though, because I was reading that the Adelaide is not even putting a submission in. The only people who are putting a submission in are Ross Aloisi, well, the Roar on his behalf, the match commissioner and a security guard. There's no one from Adelaide who's contributing to this. Mm, so it's I, really odd. I'm actually seeing a whole lot of really fun conspiracy yeah. theories around Ooh. this. Like, there's, yeah. a de- there's a deal in place for the Aloisis and they don't want him banned next year because, <laughs> look, 
as much as we all laugh at Ross's fiery temper, if he has gone and punched an assistant coach, there's no real excuse. He would for be that. out of the game for a couple yeah. of years at and, least. And look, and that's the thing is that if he did, and this, this is the thing is the a whole age of you know, of, of you know, the campaign against cow punches all that. And that's what he's obviously done. He's he's him from behind. Well, we it's alleged. Alleged. Yeah. I, yeah, I should preface that everything's alleged until it comes out. But yeah, look, I, I'd almost think that if he has, um, if he has sort of you know punched. Um, Romalo, I think it might be a case of you know that you know Mark Kingsman might need to reconsider his employment at the club because that's something you just can't you just can't defend it. No, I, I, look, no matter there's reports of you know that um, Romalo insulted insulted Ross Alwissi or whatever. But speaking of insulting family members yeah. as well, because yeah. Triple M in Adelaide was actually reporting that Romayo was making comments about the Aloisi's yeah. mother in Spanish or something. And Unfortunately, that, yeah, yeah. Aloisi's can speak Spanish. And yeah. you know, going back to the Dylan yeah. McGowan thing about. Abusing family members—that's just yeah, yeah. Well, that no, also does all, cross a line. Yeah, and look, I, and look, I think as well. There's no doubt that, and this is probably why as well that Adelaide have made no submissions because you got to think that Romalo said something you know that has obviously provoked what it was. I guess we'll find out in, the, in due time. But it's a case yeah. of you know what it, it, it makes him look just as bad because you know as fiery as Ross Alawisi is. You don't go around if he's a professional. What we think he is, he doesn't go around punching people in the back of the head no. just because he lost. So now he throws water bottles. <laughs> but not, that's where he draws. Yeah, that's where he draws a line. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. So and I think that might be a reason why they haven't submitted. They think that it'll make it'll make Ramal look just as guilty as what Alwissi yeah. did. Not that I'm yeah. condoning well, we did. We'll find out tomorrow because the submissions were supposed to be in this afternoon, and the FFA are announcing their findings tomorrow supposedly. So we should find out more. I'll be yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out because it does. There is a part of me, you know, does kind of scream, you know, when you get called to the school principal's office going, so why did you get punched? I uh, <laughs> might have said some stuff, maybe. <laughs> not that I ever got in a fight at school, of course. Never. No one ever does that. Definitely not with a prop from the first 15 rugby team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Craig Moore, he's been cited for comments he made to referee Stephen Lucas on the field after the match, where basically I think there was just a lot of, you're an idiot, or in less polite terms. There's more profanity involved probably, but which we can't say yeah. right now. Yeah. But that's, that's the thing is, I, I think I like to what, you know, what Kenny Lowe did earlier in the season. It was pretty much the same thing, stomping yeah. stomping on the field, you know, giving, giving the ref a goal for rightly or wrongly, you know, but whatnot. But he shouldn't have done that. And look, take the fine, be done with it. Yeah. I think for Craig Moore, I think. Yep. And yeah, I, look, the funny thing is when, the, when I was watching the replay, at the end of the game, I was thinking, oh God, whatever you do at full time, John Aloisi, don't go and yell at the ref. Let one of your assistants or someone <laughs> else do it. <laughs> so he did. Maybe right. let the goalkeeper go do it next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we actually asked for some Facebook comments on our social media yeah. accounts to raw review on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So we're going to read some funny ones. So red card was fair from uh, Matt Funk. Penalty wasn't. First infringement was against Adelaide player trying to get a pee back. Should have been a free kick to Brisbane. I think... The general consensus yeah. here is that, yeah. yeah, okay, it should have been free kick to Brisbane, yellow card to McGowan, and a red card to Theo. Yeah. I think that's overwhelmingly, I think, what people believe should have been the right thing, but obviously that's what didn't happen. Mm. Christian J, I'm very sorry, I'm not going to try and pronounce that and <laughs> insult your family, but in slow motion, you can actually see Theo line him up, making the red warranted, which, look, I'm against slow motion replays usually, yeah. but in this case, it really seemed to work out. And, you know... It didn't happen at yeah. the first. It didn't happen at the same time. End result should have been, as we said, free kick, yellow, and a red. Nathan I think we Neal. should be grateful actually that the video replay system was not in yet. It might have taken them a good half. It might still be waiting there for them to work it out <laughs> yeah. what happened if they were going through video replay about it all. But we could have also been doing our first live in-game broadcast then. 
Nathan, you are never been more frustrated by an action by a referee. You can see some reasoning that Theo was at fault, but should never have been a penalty and should turn around to a Brisbane free kick. Theo's red card should be appealed and stuck off. I've got to really disagree with that. Yeah, it's not going to happen. No, because at the end of the day, he did elbow yeah. someone. And then actions of Ross sadly leave him at the nature of the beast. James Frost in it says, James Frost in it says, I thought the red was unfortunate, but warranted. McGowan holding onto him and drops his head. Theo tries to force him away and ends up getting him in the head. And he actually brings up a good uh, point that there has been precedent for this. The mm. Barisha red against Tavia. Which was overturned. But mm. this seemed to be a little bit more deliberate than just Barisha trying to do a flying yeah. airplane. <laughs> and Theo will end, suspects Theo will end up with three weeks, so one more. It's not so, impossible, yeah. So I suppose in his mind, he's actually thinking the, Theo might have gotten yeah. off lightly. Jordan Edwards, feel the red was just for elbowing, but God did McGowan milk it. Shouldn't have been a penalty, just free kick and move on. Lucas Norton says red cards to both yeah. would have made me happy, and I think you would find a lot of people saying that. Ricky Bell, do they send our refs to Clown College for <laughs> getting their license? <laughs> well, we have heard this before, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see that, by the way. Can you imagine? Yeah. All right. I'd love to sit in on that lesson. Angus Barnes was on his knees for Shannon Brady, saying he did so well, comparing him to some of the best players in world football, like Messi and Ronald. Um, that Ronald guy's really good. <laughs> yeah. Who's he play for? Speaking of Clown College. Yeah. <laughs> And then Joshua Gobold can't say anything nice about the refs, but how good was Joe Coletti? Can see him being the Aussie Broich, despite playing yeah. a slightly different position and being about half the size of him and unable to grow Broich's glorious beard. All right, so I think we're going to call a break here for segment one. Guys, what do you say? Yeah, yeah. just say thanks to everyone for sending those in as well. Absolutely. Yep, that's great. And we'll come back with uh, segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. played before the 95th minute on Sunday afternoon? You I've heard that, so, yeah. Compared to, compared to what's been said, so... Yeah, so, something about uh, newsworthiness or something, <laughs> but yeah, the Roar in Adelaide did play out 94 minutes of moderately entertaining football, I thought. I was kind of surprised about how well Adelaide came out. Yeah, it was one of those interesting games, because, um, was it Champions League last week? I lost yeah, they both, they yeah, both had Champions League last I've week. I've lost complete track of everything that's going on. But, but so okay, Adelaide were... Lucas. Yeah, Adelaide. Thank you. Adelaide was at home in the Champions League last week, weren't they? they so were. they had an advantage. Three, on that three all against yeah. Jeju United. It was, and they mm. found a bit of form in that game as well, and they've carried that on for the first half of this game anyway. Yeah, now, until the roar ran over them in the second half. Yeah. Now the rest of the game wasn't without its controversy. We've actually got this comment from Tony Scasella on Facebook talking about the Riley McGree dive. Now, this is a real problem for me. This guy's representing the Socceroos. Like, well, what? he's training with them. I don't think he's going to play. Well, I hope but anyway. not, because, you know, surely that's something they should teach him in his high school PE classes, that <laughs> that sort of stuff is not on. Like, I was, I, I was genuinely bothered by it, because he went, ran up and just jumped over Thomas Christensen's leg like he thought there was a swimming pool at the end of it. And, uh, look... It's the one thing that is continually like a 
aside from a couple of other things, a very big blight on the actual on-field action where you get a lot of players diving and simulating. And for me, you're going to criticise Bruno Fornaroli, Jade North for their you know, indiscretions earlier in the season with simulation and stuff. This is just as bad. And you've yeah. got this guy representing the national team coming up and it just genuinely bugs me. But he's got to be the happiest guy in Adelaide though because he, like this got completely yep. glossed over. That's exactly it was, what was an about absolutely pathetic mm. dive. Yeah, it got, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's been completely forgotten about by a lot of people just because of the crazy ending to the game. But it was a really bad dive. I mean, we've seen it in the past. Players get banned for a week for simulation. So Patricio I, Perez is one yeah. out for me. I think what concerns me is the fact that so many Adelaide you know, I suppose are actually willing to defend that. Like we, I know most of us, you know, obviously you compare some of the absolute obvious ones. Jade North for, for us is the one that, yeah. you know, that stands out. In what I don't remember act- defending that though. No, oh, no, 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 that's that. what I mean. Yeah. I'm saying that, but we, but we, the majority of Brisbane Raw supporters were outrightly condemning him for doing that. But it doesn't, it seems to be more the other way where people seem to be defending the young, the young fellow for doing it. And I just think that's, that's, it's not, it's not a good look. I remember in Raw, did the Raw make Jade North apologise publicly for Jay that? Jade North did yeah. a, yeah, public, a public written, apology, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was a written apology, I believe, that was shared out on social media. But yeah, and but the thing about Jade North is he didn't need any extra punishment. His rolling around on the ground did cost the team a goal. Yeah. Whereas with McGree, he got a free kick and a gigantic Danish guy yelling at his face for about thirty <laughs> seconds. And all I will say, it's probably a good thing Adelaide weren't wearing white then, because if Thomas Christensen came and ran at me, I'd be very nervous. <laughs> but yeah, also Barella did get a really harsh call against him as well for his yellow card. I thought that was really soft as well. And look, not not to go back to the refereeing game, but it does kind of feel like Lucas lost a bit of control over the game, where yeah. the players kind of felt like they could maybe bully their way into certain calls, and it just kind of played out the wrong way, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think it definitely sounds like, you know, no, so the, the sum of all instance, and obviously the, the, the grandmother or more was the one that we just spent the last segment talking about. I think yeah. He, look, he didn't have he didn't have a very good game. I think it was, a, it was a tough game. I think by nature, and yeah, I think it just it just all sort of escalated. And it actually, pretty much, it, it started on that that dive of well, dive such you know where it was of McGrees, and that's where the, it was the a game, dive. You can call yeah, it what it was. Yeah, no, try, I'm trying to be objective, but um, <laughs> no, it was a dive. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's hard to defend that, but uh, but yeah, I think that's where the game started to sort of tip away as far as control. And you know, at the end of the day, it's no surprise what happened happened. I guess. Mm. But, you know, I was just surprised, though, because I, I was wondering if there was going to be something that would get me more frustrated than Arsenal on Saturday night, and <laughs> believe it or not, it happened. <laughs> so, yeah, the rest of the game. So, the raw performance, they did come out a little bit flat, as we yeah. mentioned, from Champions League, but I felt they really grew into the game. And then when... Coletti not, replaced Mackay. Yeah, Matt Mackay went off injured with what appears to be medial ligament damage. So, according- minimum six weeks going to John Aloisi, which six weeks is the end of week two of the finals, so he would only be back... For a potential grand final, so you might as well say his season is basically finished. But I'm I'm gonna go major media, please notice me type thing here. I didn't think Matt mackay has been great the last couple of games. I've seen him misplace several passes that he would normally have pinpoint. Now that could also be attributed to the knee injury, which he did come off yeah. in the Champions League for. But yeah, that just to me kind of jumped out as 
his passing wasn't where it no. should have been, and it did kind of suffer for it. I think um, it's almost um, not not that we bear ill will on our captain, but it's almost like now with with him injured for long term, it actually gives opportunity to Joey Coletti, who who we know is obviously you know, as underage, you know, international. who really gives him a chance to swallow. And when he came on, he actually did very very well, and I think turned the game slightly into the Raw's favour. So it yeah. might be a blessing in disguise, but you know. That's about it. You get all you can take the positive out. You can, yeah. You take. The... He had a big impact when he came on too, Clay. Now the problem is, though, who's going to replace Matt Mackay in the match day squad? Because we don't have a lot of good midfielders beyond beyond Coletti, Mackay, and Christensen. <laughs> and I'm ignoring what you just said. Cause I think you would. Oh, like I said, uh, you know, Nathan Costanopoulos might get an opportunity. Oh, that's right. He's in the first team squad, <laughs> which I suppose says a lot about his involvement <laughs> yeah. so far this year. But yeah. It'll... You know, desperate times, desperate measures, and we could wind up seeing someone like Constantopoulos come in and hopefully have the same impact as some of the other youngsters like Coletti, Crestani, and even to a lesser extent, Dane Ingham. We'll get to it in segment four, but the injuries are starting to stack up for the wrong. Which does come from fatigue and whatnot. So, were there any other standout performers in this game? I thought Jamie McLaren was... I had thought, his moments, I thought but... Borello was active and the right-hand side was really good. They were able to get forward down the right-hand side and to get crosses and they just weren't... Nothing came in them, they weren't accurate, there was no one there for them. But I thought the right-hand side combined well. Well, they did seem to make a really big effort to try and get down that right-hand yeah. side, get jacking it involved with those overlapping runs. Sometimes I miss tactics. That one you couldn't yeah. miss because even yeah. if you did, you were getting beaten over the head with it by the commentary. Exactly, Andy Harper every two minutes. Mm. Look, uh, for, for mine, actually, I thought Thomas Christensen, I think he, he makes a real difference to the side. I think it really... Him and um, Avram Papadopoulos, I think that, that sort of that spine combination, I think, you know, yeah. considering we, yeah, we, you'd hope that, you know, we'd actually have a little bit more steel sort of, you know, in, in defence, and hopefully that's just a work in progress. But I think we're a better team with Thomas Christensen inside than out of it, obviously. And Christensen was the one that actually set up the Raw's yeah. goal. Mm. So he... Like, drilled in a shot to Galekovic, who wasn't controlling the ball all that well, yeah. I thought. Like, he was spilling a few shots and crosses, yeah. but was able to avoid elbowing anyone in the face. But, um, yeah, he shot it, and Galekovic, I don't, I think he wanted to palm it around, yeah. but the ball bouncing off the turf took enough of the yeah. pace off it that all he could do was palm it to Corey I, Brown. Yeah, I thought Corey yeah. Brown's actually involvement in that was, was very, very good as well. That you know, He was the first one to react and like, he really had around to that and then, and then to actually to instinctively sort of centre it for um, Jamie McLaren. And that's, that was, I thought it was a really, really good pass to play. I thought that was actually one of the smartest plays yeah. I've seen in the A-League all year. It might not be great and won't grab a whole lot of highlights and whatnot, but it was just very clever, very switched on play and you've got to give Brown credit for yeah. that. And it seems like he's starting to get credit from the national media as well, who's starting to notice he's had a good season. And he has had a really good season, that's yeah. the thing. And compared, yeah. compared to the previous season, what we've yeah. seen him do, I think, I think being the standalone sort of number one left back, I think has really sort of helped yeah. him, which is, which is good to see. Mm. Now, at one point at the end, so after the red card and whatnot, you know what I loved? Thomas Christensen straight away saying, give me the gloves, so give me good. the gloves, give me the gloves. I was waiting for Papadopoulos to take them. <laughs> But I don't think he had time. Christensen just literally went, Straight over. Oh, someone's got to do it, give it to me. I'd, I'd like maybe, I'm hoping that maybe someone like, you know, if not anyone else, but Andy Howe might be able to start. I think that might be the first time in the A-League, you know, era that an outfielder has taken the gloves. I I, can, I, I can't recall. I can remember one other time run? it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Rio Ferdinand put him on an FA Cup tie in oh, no, 2008 no, 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 in Australia. Oh, that's the only other time I can, I can of... remember ever anywhere else in the world it happening. 
Yeah. Rio Ferdinand put him on a 2008 FA Cup final. A FA Cup. Semi-final against Portsmouth. It was like, mm. a, no, it was a sixth round or something because it wasn't at Wembley. It was at Old Trafford. But I think that was when Wembley was being redone. So. I can't remember. It doesn't but, matter anyway. It's the only other time I've ever seen it happen. Well, no, the funny thing I remember about that game was, well, I think United had about 80% of possession yeah. or something and Portsmouth one shot on target yeah. was the penalty that got Thomas Kuschak sent off. Yeah, because Van... I think Van I, this is irrelevant. Van der Sar got subbed at half-time and Kuschak came on for and he the got sent off. Yeah. It was yeah. at the time when United thought they could do a, another treble like 99. Yeah, so they subbed their goalie off at half-time. Yep, yeah, right. exactly. Genius. Right, so, so there were two other games that took place this weekend. Melbourne City 4-0 over the Newcastle Jets on Saturday night, which was... I don't well, think any of us saw this game. Yeah, because we were actually busy on a three-way <laughs> yeah. date. I mean... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't give away our ideas. Come on. <laughs> yeah, so... City finding form again? Maybe. We'll see. I, I haven't even looked at the highlights of this game. It's well, it was good to see Tim Cahill scoring yeah. again, but that's got more to do with what's coming up yeah. tomorrow and Tuesday. Four Nerolis on target as well. That's less comforting. Yeah. No, I think um, I, I did catch the highlights of this, and um, yeah, look, I think Melbourne City. I think they whether they're back or not, we'll see when they take on a um, on sort of you know a team that's around them. But I think Newcastle. I think they might be coming to the end of their yeah. run. I yeah. think, and that's that might be more a more the yeah. fact of this game. That that's more the point. I think Newcastle. Yeah. If that's the sort of you need something out of that game for Newcastle to get to the finals. And the other game was Western Sydney three, Wellington Phoenix one, and the big thing to come out of this game was Adam Parkhouse getting substituted after no, 30 minutes. That's not the big thing. The big thing is we've lost our jokes about Winless Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you hear why Parkhouse got substituted, apparently? I didn't even watch this game. I he, was busy Sunday. He was having some um, stomach issues, apparently, oh, yes. and was not well when he took the field in the first oh. place, and basically got to 30 yeah. or so minutes in and was taken off. Yeah, I, I was kind of done with football after the Raw game. I know, <laughs> I know Des Buckingham come out in the media and he was he was not happy. I think he said that, you know, you can't win games when you start with 10 men. And I think that's yeah. might be a backhanded to Adam Parkhouse not saying anything that, you know, pride begets the fall almost. But, um, yeah, look, I think Wanderers, we're just talking about that, I think Wanderers are, um, they're, they're starting to look ominous, I think, coming to the final as well. And I think, I think the six is almost... Yeah, it looks like it does. Away, yeah. We've got five points separating sixth and seventh, which was Western Sydney and Wellington. So how big was that result? Yeah. With four games to go. So well, that's the thing. The Mariners lost yeah. last weekend, did they not? They did. And then Newcastle lost, Wellington lost, and Wanderers won. That's a perfect... You couldn't ask for anything more. And I think, I think it's also fan. crying shame as well. This, the, the, the controversial game that's going to happen between Jets and uh, Wellington where, you know... Knicks have got half their squad out. You know, I think that I think that pretty much ends their hopes. I yeah. think that, that it'd have to be a miracle for them to knock over Newcastle, who I think, yeah, it's going to be one of those games. Even so, where, they're five points back anyway. Yeah, and we're what four games to go, so that's a yeah. not insignificant gap. All right, so that's going to do it for segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. James. Yes, soccer is. That's right. So we've got the World Cup qualifiers this week against Iraq and the UAE. So Iraq Thursday night in Iran, which according to Mike Cockrell, I believe, was actually done because it's easier for people to get 
like from Iraq to actually get to Tehran for this game, it's going to bring up some memories of 1997, surely. It will. Yeah, but mind you, there was not the the issue. It was was back at home that was the traumatic (laughs) part. With that uh, serial pest, Peter something or other. Peter Hall. Who, by the way, invaded a lecturer of mine at uni back in 2007. Did you really just throw anything at him? No, he came and sat down next to me and asked You disappoint me. He came... He came, well, I didn't know who he was, so he came and sat down next to me, at reeking of stuff, and um, oh, of a big night out, let's just say, and he, um, yeah, I was like, uh, what's this for? Gets up, walks out, a few minutes later, barges down the opposite end of the Chanel Theatre at UQ and starts screaming at our guest lecturer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> if that was my lecture, oh. But, like, I, I shouldn't laugh, because this guy. was only a few, this was... Only a little bit after Virginia Tech. Yeah. Oh, so we're yeah. all. Oh, si- yep, yep. Yeah. So we're all just sitting there going, um. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. Yeah. So personal connection to the guy that ruined Australia's chances of participating in the 1998 <laughs> World Cup. Still don't like him. <laughs> no. Anyway, anyway, so what are we expecting out of the Iraqi game? Because it is getting to crunch time for the Socceroos. These games are almost. They're not must win, but they must not lose games. Particularly the game in. You want at least four points out of these games yeah. because I know we got three out of the last four at home. But you can't just be relying on that thinking that that's a guarantee because home games are not... The, the quality in Asia is getting better and our gap at the top is nowhere near as big as what it was. And I also think people are starting to cotton on to the soccer yeah. now. It's not like they're the new novelty. No. Yeah, no, like I so said, I think um, it's almost... Look, they can probably get away with a draw against you know, Iraq in Tehran, but that means if they draw, they must win. They must win on... Uh, is it Monday, Tuesday it's night? It's Tuesday, Tuesday night. And Ange Poskog will be happy because they've relayed the surface at Sydney Football Stadium yep. this week. Yep. So he'll be happy. Cause it no longer looks like a mud pit. Well, that's the start, I suppose. And there are no <laughs> games there this weekend no. as well. So fo- hopefully uh, maybe the SCG Trust are trying to get around to seeing football as a legitimate tenant. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you, they've got to win. And I, I'll give Fox Sports credit here. I thought they got their um, advertising for this spot on. Like, it really is must win now because there's only a few games to go. Yeah. There's oh, like, two in June and then there's two in September. That's right. And look, and the thing is that, you know, look, it's not, where we're seeing at the moment is in third. Look, we don't want to be going the intercontinental yeah. route. That's, two, no. that's that potentially that's four more games, you know, and that's like, and that's including you know, South America. Yes, yeah, so oh, oh, please. We not. yeah, maybe yeah. So you you want to you want to talk about you want to talk about traumatic World Cup qualifying experiences? We may if we don't get our act together, we may be reliving another one potentially. So I don't know. Montevideo away could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Scott's on the phone to the travel agent already. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that for me like. Yeah, it's got it's essentially a must win now. Unfortunately, there are no role players in the team though. What's that? There aren't any role players in the nah, soccer. Not, no, to be no. honest, at this time Good. of year, I'm not that disappointed by that. I thought you said role players. I was like, what? Raw, raw. Hmm. You're sitting right across from Chile. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to some of the other news now. The Association of Australian Football Clubs. We need a better nickname. AAFC. That's not going to get confusing at all. No. So 97 clubs attended nationwide, which I think is over 90% of all Yeah. Like 90, 97 of 126 I did read yeah. somewhere. So. Yeah. And it's so, the top tier NPL clubs that they're talking about here, and not the tiers yeah. below that. So I was looking through the list of uh, names, but notice there weren't any Queensland teams. They, the funny thing is that apparently they asked not to disclose. Other than yeah. Northern Fury, who are now football Queensland's favourite dissident club. We know about them because Rabbi Crime's been out all week. Yeah, but apparently... The, the Daily Football Show as well. Yeah. 
But apparently, yeah, none of the, none of the Queensland clubs want to be identified. Mind you, the photo might be might be a little dean that the um, the chairman took on Twitter. So if you if you know your if you know your club officials, yeah. you might you might be able to pick them out. But like, I think I think we do know without knowing. I think we know some of the clubs that would be part of that from Queensland. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's I dare very. Say it'd be most of them, but yeah. I think they might be withholding their like publicly being involved because the MPL clubs up here currently. The second division thing and all the license renewals and all the rest of it. Which maybe them, which maybe le- they just don't want to get involved mm. in this publicly until that's sorted. I don't know. Which also leads me to believe that maybe Football Queensland aren't exactly thrilled about about this whole um, whole uh, sort of independence association clubs. So yeah. and or, well, but apparently again, according to I think it was Mike Cockrell saying that uh, apparently Football Victoria is totally on board because they were actually volunteering to host it until yeah, they found the, out was- that. 97 clubs were attending. <laughs> it was down in Victoria, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's why like, it was supposed to be hosted there, but not, but they didn't have the room for them. <laughs> so they actually had to go and uh, rent out that. Now, the idea of this on the surface sounds great. Yeah. A national second division, because we've been talking about expansion all season and saying we really need the extra teams now yeah. just to bring in the well, players. and. It's not just expansion they want. I think they want to see that the FFA Congress, which they should absolutely get. Yep. Yep. And they should that should include the clubs lower down the tier than just them. And the expansion thing, it's it's um it's a really it's interesting because it's not the way FFA would prefer to go. I don't think. I think they prefer new franchises as opposed to these community clubs. But, but if these community clubs the can get themselves organised and ready. I don't see why you wouldn't at least look at it. I think it's a good first step for them. I think it's a brilliant idea yeah. on the like without yeah. looking too much into it, which I admit I haven't. But. They say, all right, A-League, you want your new franchises for the A-League. We're going to have the A2 League or whatever, but it's going to be a lot of the yeah. existing NPL clubs. Yeah. So they get... want that set up by 2018-19 is what they were saying. At the, uh, that's the early optimistic time. They'll probably later than that. But oh, if I'm the FFA, there's a part of me that's got to be thinking, Let's well, they're going to do all of the work for us, then why not? Yeah, but as we said, and I think we spoke about last week, was that um, realistically what we would hope is happening is that the A-League clubs are the ones that are form their independent sort yeah. of organisation. That, that these that these clubs here should actually be They're looked after by FFA, yeah. by FFA. If you if you take the English model, for example, so look good on as I say, good on the um, the clubs, you know, actually recognising that they want a voice. And I think that's that's the main thing. There's a few sort of you know aspirational things I think are a little bit out of kilter that I don't think are very you know realistic, but um, but yeah, in most part, look, at least it's, it's a step forward and something at least now that the FFA need to start looking at very closely. A second division would be really good as well for players because there's only like 190-something jobs for Australian players in the A-League when you take out Wellington mm. and the foreign players. Yeah. So there's not many opportunities around the league for Australian players. The more you can get, the better, and a second division might do it. Especially if they can find the funds to make it properly yeah. professional. And the other thing that... The other big thing which jumps out to me is reducing junior fees because... That's See, up- that's the interesting yeah. thing because yeah. junior fees up here are only a couple hundred dollars. You go down to Victoria or particularly New South Wales, 1500 for all these ridiculous... It's No, yeah. it's absolutely out of whack yeah. down there. And they've... This is, I don't get it. They're going to increase revenue, but they're going to cut the, one of their prime revenues. I'm this is where I said that. that no, that's yeah. a question mark to me. How yeah. are they going to do that? Unless they... Like, the only way I would think about it here, and I'm just purely yeah. troubleshooting off the top of my head here, but unless they've got some sort of streaming deal or broadcasting yeah. in mind saying that's how we're going to cover our costs, much like what the A-League does with their TV deal with Fox Sports, where 
that's what covers the salary yeah, cap. I think TV deal be optimistic. You'd be looking at live streaming, wouldn't you? Yeah, but again, but as we're seeing with sports all around yeah. the world, they are expanding into different, yeah. you know, broadcast markets, and I'm sure they could find a way to work digital advertising yeah. into the field, like we're seeing with some of the uh, other football codes, like rugby union, rugby league. And... Yeah, because they they um put it on digitally, now, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, because well, that's actually something they're doing at Suncorp Stadium to preserve the grass. And we'll get to that. Yeah, well, we'll just mention it quickly now. <laughs> if you're an AFL fan listening to this, I hope you're laughing as much as we are at the fact that <laughs> AFL is finally learning what it's like to actually have to share a stadium with another sport and perhaps be considered a secondary tenant. Yes, I am. Secondary tenant yeah. at the Brisbane Cricket Ground. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, look at the end. I just, I just think it's karma. Unfortunately, mm. I think for them, and uh, yeah, we don't want to go into that too much. But yeah, it's it is an opportunity though potentially if you're looking for another stadium in Brisbane. Maybe you've got another option there, someone you could team up with for the Lions. Yeah, you could maybe it might be a rectangle. That might be a multi-purpose one, but but if it's something if we yeah. can get a 25, 30,000 seat stadium out of that, that's usable for all sports. It might be. Yeah. So I do think the city does need a third stadium, but anyway. And we should also say well done to the Brisbane Lions women's AFL team for winning more games in the last couple of months than the men's side has in the last couple of years. So <laughs> it's good, good, good to see another Brisbane Shots side. Fired. Well, it's good to see. A, no, genuinely, it is good to see a Brisbane side actually having some success in the competition because, well, any trophy is a good trophy, right? It's been a lean run for the men's team, so <laughs> see the women picking it up. Exactly, and sometimes that's what has to happen. NPL. Yes. So the Sunday afternoon game actually wound up getting moved because Brisbane was getting slightly drenched. Yeah, Olympic were very protective for their field. And the game ended up getting postponed yep. anyway, so... So it got moved, yeah, it got moved to Slacks Creek. Yep. And the Raw played Far North Queensland in the game that was streamed on Football Queensland. Yes, it was. It was so a bit tell choppy. us about it, Scott, it was a bit, I was running. No, the stream was a bit choppy at first, but they fixed it in the second half. And yeah, they, they, they tried They tried yeah. to, uh, the first half, try to do it through Facebook Live. It sort of, yeah, but the, sec- the, the second half, actually, when they switched off the YouTube, actually worked pretty well. Yeah. So it's... Um, football Queens, they need to get yeah. their need to get their gremlins yeah. out of the system. But yeah, I think, look, it's good to see NPL football. Now, I know they yeah. do it every week, but it's actually good to see see that you know yeah. as on stream. And on the game, it was a one-all draw, James. Nathan Newman, his third goal in four games. He's, yep. pop, he's emerging as a really good like pop-up striker, wouldn't you? Because all his goals have been like tap-ins yeah. and but scrappy second ball type goals, but he's in the right position. Well, and that's, that's, and that's a skill in itself, to be in the right position. Yep. Now, the game we were at Saturday night, actually, on our date, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the cool kids do on a Saturday night, go on dates. Yeah. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, 2-1 Brisbane City. Brisbane oh, Strikers. Brisbane Strikers of Brisbane City. Thank you, Scott. I have my Ron Burgundy. That was Adam, not me. I have my Ron Burgundy moment there, just reading what was in front of me. Michael Lee scored a brace. Oh, and... right. Sorry, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Michael Lee scored a brace to give the Strikers a win away from home, and I thought they were good value for the money. Yeah, Especially for what we paid for. And Michael Lee was, <laughs> and Michael Lee was really good in this game as well. He looks a, he looks a really good player at MPL level. Mm. I just think he, it's he's one of those players that's probably too good for MPL, but not good enough for the A League. Just purely based on the fact he's in his mid twenties now. I'm so, oh, sorry, I'm surprised he didn't join a lot of his uh, teammates from the yeah. championship winning um, Redlands side last season. Actually, took the money in Victoria. So he went yeah. to strikers instead, and I think he may be in line for more silverware and honours because I think that strikers were actually very, very good in the city. 
it's hard to so we haven't seen too much of them, so it's hard to know where they're at. But I think I think for them both sides, I think now with and we're gonna talk about it shortly about FFA Cup, I think both sides I think the bigger prize may not be the MPL championship, but I think it might be more FFA Cup in that yeah. round three two. Get on to the national both, stage. Yeah. And both and both sides will be desperate to be there. The one thing that really did jump out for me at, from this game was both left backs had a really rough night. Like they were, mm. both teams seemed to have clear tactics to try and play balls in behind them and get pacey wingers. Well, the strikers left back Hiroki Mori, he was reportedly really close to rejoining the Raw at the end of the off season, mm. and they couldn't get the deal done for whatever reason. So mm. now we had uh, one of the teams actually sitting in front of us. Yes, the FNQ yeah. Heat boys were sitting right in front of us. That's right. I, I do kind of wonder, though, how tight are things there? Because the ball came into the stands and a couple of the players were trying to hide it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the they really got, got on talking to by the, yeah, the by the match commissioner. He was not happy. They got right into the game, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. But it's also, as well, it's funny, you know, the poor effing, effing Q guys, even though they they won last week, I think they'd be sick and tired of seeing Mockley scored because, you know, he, he scored that the goal in the grand final last year that, that won it for Redlands and when we were there for the grand final, so... Sensational goal, yeah. that too. All right, so some of the other results going around. We had Gold Coast 2-1 over Southwest Queensland, who were the Young Rules opponents this week. And Gold Coast are looking really good, flying under the radar as well, just quietly. We might have to make a day trip to the Gold Coast then. Second day, James. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not getting, I'm not getting to the third day. <laughs> Western Pride 2-1 over Redlands, who... Well, what's left of Redlands from last year. Northern Fury 8-0 over Sunshine Coast and Olympic... FC PSTP. I did see highlights of that Northern Fury game. Sunshine Coast have got to work on their set piece defending. I think they um it was about four four or five goals, but about ten fifteen minutes. This game it was absolutely unbelievable. Looking at the highlights. Yep. So the main round five fixture is going to be the Raw versus Southwest Queensland Thunder game at Suncorp Stadium, part of a double header with a clash yeah. against Melbourne Victory. And I do think Tom Slabillage just might be cursing Michael Theo as well. Going back to segment one, because he would have been playing in this game, and now he's going to be sitting on the bench in the A League, so he's probably a bit disappointed. He's not going to get to play, but oh well, it gets it, it gets a good afternoon of watching the football yeah. and getting paid for it too. That's true. All right, so we're going to move on to the Brisbane Premier League. Just the one result Scott really wanted us to mention: Souths United three-two over Lions FC. Yeah. If you've, se- if you've seen Lions FC around the place, can you let them know at Richlands they've gone missing? <laughs> I tell you what, it just caps off a horror week yeah. for for uh, Lions. Like I said, they. Yeah. <laughs> they're I would say they'd be desperate to get their field ready and play at mm. home, but they lost the FFA Cup game at home, so maybe not. Mm. All right, so uh, FFA Cup. FFA Cup, Brisbane's own round four draw. Guys, I'm going to let you handle this. All right, so Logan Lightning are at home to Capalabar. Mitchelson are at home to Brisbane Knights. Tawong at home to Albany Creek. Holland Park are playing North Pine. Centenary are playing South. Rochdale will play Gap the Gap. Turingra will play Grange Thistle. University of Queensland, Ipswich City. Southside Eagles, Brisbane Force. And the match of the round to me, Wolves SC against Peninsula Power. And Wolves have got a lot of, Adam mentioned, half of Redlands is down in Ampel Victoria, while well, the other half of them are at Wolves. <laughs> so yeah. the, it'll be very interesting to see who wins that game because Peninsula Power, you mentioned Brisbane City, Brisbane Strikers, because we yeah. want to go on the, interna- the national stage. So will Peninsula Power. I know for a fact they're desperate to get into it. So that'll be a really interesting game. And they'll be played the 4th to the 6th of April or the 11th to the 13th of April, depending on the draw. And I think we're all looking forward to that. Yes. All right, so that's going to do it for segment three of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
I'm just sort of sitting around chatting, I suppose. <laughs> For the Outside 90 Fan Network, James. James is allowed to us. Sweet, yeah. Yeah? Just sitting here in the dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there's a way out, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What what, you, what the listeners might not actually know is I actually just keep Scott and Adam in a cupboard and just bring them out whenever I feel like recording an episode. <laughs> and now the truth is out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so before we get into segment four and a preview of this weekend's Melbourne Victory game, Scott, we've got some plugs. Yep, so you can listen to the podcast, audio review on iTunes, Facebook, Brisbane Football Review, Twitter at Raw Review, and you can come talk to James this week for fan camps. That's right. After gonna... the Melbourne Victory That's game. That's seriously impressive, Scott, that you've done it without notes. Thank you, Adam. It's taken 25 episodes. We're finally there. We're finally there. So, yeah, I'll be at the Wally Lewis statue after yep. the game, the awkward-looking guy with the microphone, yep. as opposed to, well, every other week when I've been the awkward-looking guy with the microphone. As I say, every week I'll be the even more awkward guy behind the camera that you won't see on. <laughs> no, it's also as well, like some of our sort of loyal uh, listeners are like, please, please come out and, and see us. We, we might not want to go yeah. as crazy as Arsenal fan no. TV, but no. No. We, we, we would like a little bit of drunken logic in your... <laughs> more, than, more than one word catchphrases, please. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that, that'll be fun. I think it's going to be an interesting game Saturday yeah. night. Part of a double header, as we mentioned, with the youth, uh, youth side in the National yeah. Premier League. So If you can, go down and watch, come down and watch the... The NPL game because it's a good quality game. It's a four ten kickoff yeah. as well, and <laughs> truthfully, with the way the injuries are going for the Raw, you're probably going to be you'll help to see some of these guys <laughs> before they come into the A League squad. And also, as well, no excuse for public transport as well. That now it's all free this Saturday because thanks to but it's already free with a match ticket. So buy it in advance from all yeah. your usual outlets. Yep. All right. So the all time record against Melbourne victory, it's not great. No. Played thirty five, won twelve, lost fifteen, drawn eight. And at Suncorp Stadium, played 19-9, lost 7, drawn 3. So, uh, we've got, yeah, two previous se- two previous uh, meetings this season. There was that 1-1 draw against Melbourne Victory in round, round one. 1. And there's my phone going off in the background. I don't know if that's going to get picked up, but <laughs> <laughs> just got about five texts from the same person. Oh, good. Uh, stream of consciousness. Anyway, and then round 15, there was that, I would still say classic, 3-2 down in Melbourne with the Demi Petrados free kick. You say classic, I'll say capitulation. Was it with a mild recovery at the end of it. I, it was an entertaining game, though. It was just yeah. frustrating that there were no goals in the second half. I was more frustrated being down three and a half to 20 minutes, but I, I think we all were, but it was good to see a little bit of fight back, because that's yeah. one thing you always worry about. Are these guys going to be able to fight back? And we did see like some admirable metal shown there. That was a lot of Demi Petrados, though, as well. I think it was a goal in the assist that came from as well. Unfortunately, he's not here anymore. Mm. There are going to be a fair few players missing. So the Raw are going to be missing. Mackay, Bowles, as we know. Devere is out. Now, Thomas yeah. Broich and Tommy Orr are still out as well, apparently. I believe so. And you can add Daningham to that as well. I forgot he... to include him on the list. Mm, but I uh, would have been surprised to see him feature. But yeah, it'll be nice actually seeing the Raw have more than uh, three days off yeah. between games though. And speaking of young guys who might feature the victory and missing a whole bunch of attackers as well. And they've had three young guys training with them this week. Christian the Harris, Cameron McGlip and Pierce warning. And I remember we've, Pierce we've warning seen, because he scored all... in the first two minutes of the MYL game at, at Spencer park back in November. And he celebrated like he'd won the competition. And how did that game finish up again? Three all. So he yeah, but, yeah. So he, but he scored in the first two minutes. So I think a couple of these guys might play. Just because they've got no attacking options just because they're all on international duty. So it'll kind of be like half the raw, half the victory. Yeah. I suppose the thing is, though, the victory is still going to have Costa Barbarousas and Fahid Ben Kalfala to worry Barbarousas, about. Barbarousas, have they got him back, have they? 
I thought he got left out of the New Zealand squad. He plays for Wellington. Oh. <laughs> I made the same mistake, don't worry. I know, I, I just, I don't know what it is. I just automatically think he's still there. Because I know the victory are good, but they're not that good. They can't just poach other teams' players in the middle of the season. Oh, it's oh, a they've victory. tried. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so my mistake there. Whoops. So They will have Ben Calfell, though. Mm. But uh, yeah, drying him off with his brother in New yep. Zealand. So how are we going to expect the Raw to line up? I suppose Jamie Young's going to be in goal. Hopefully yep. he's having a good day. The back four will be as usual. Mm, so Hingett, Papadopoulos, North and Brown, yeah. which I'm actually feeling pretty good with. Like, I, mm. I love Papadopoulos. He's probably going to get sent I, off at I some point. I there's, think oh, there's games where you might want a quicker defender in there. But... <laughs> Who's that going to Oh, Cristani. Yeah, Cristani. So maybe... Maybe I'm not saying it's this weekend because having seen those victory kids play once, I think that Papadopoulos is fine to yeah, keep pace. They're not exactly like having, having a big hulking centre back might actually intimidate and the young strikers. Adam might so. remember. Was it Cristani who gave the ball away in that game? Thing I'm thinking. Game? It was. Yeah, it was. So we we, we love well, we love Cam Cristani, but yeah, he didn't yeah. have a great game. That, that not day. a great start to but the game start, anyway. Yeah. Well, the one thing that I'm uh, just thinking about as well with all the. Uh, all that Crestani's featuring in for the promotion of the double header. I almost am thinking he's going to be playing in the youth league. It's possible he might, yeah. <laughs> well, he's been doing all the interviews and stuff in yeah. Toowoomba. And yeah, so being, he's, he's a, he's a Stanthorpe boy, so obviously he's perfect representation of, you know, not only, you know, of, you know, sort of that southwest Queensland region. So it's no surprise, but yeah, no. I think you'll, he'll definitely, you, you'd think he'd be definitely on the bench for, um, That's the thing. for the scene team. It might have been planned he'd be playing in that game, but I can't think of a defender who would be on the bench if. He's not playing, so... Yeah. What about... No, wait, he's injured. Yep. What about... No, yeah. he's injured. No, even Mackay's injured. So there yeah. goes the fallback option. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, Kai Rolls, there you go. Because mm, Conor O'Toole's still injured. With, yeah, I think he's... We'll find out more when the squad's come yeah. out tomorrow night, but that's at least where we're headed. Kai Rolls did actually play on, on Sunday as well. So he he might, actually maybe actually they'll swap good. him, but who knows. Yes. And one other concern you kind of hinted at before, Scott, the pitch after... Yes, we've had a certain concert, another concert at um, Suncorp Stadium... Was it two weeks ago now? Something oh, I like bet that. ten days ago, roughly. Oh, yeah. Cares about? And I don't, I don't know what they've done to the field replacement-wise since, other than they started work on the scoreboards. But I believe the Broncos yeah, are Broncos playing play Friday night they do. too. Oh, and with like just a quick look outside, yeah, we'll show that it's a weather. little bit wet. Like yeah. not, it's not raining right now. Adam. It's been raining <laughs> for like the last week or two, you know, in Brisbane. So that plus two games of rugby league. <laughs> is going to absolutely chop the field up. Then you've got two games of football afterwards. It could be worse, though. You could wind up with two games of rugby union there. Yeah, that's the worst. As, like, as much as I love it, it is the worst sport for the yeah. quality of the pitch at some And I, I don't think the Broncos are going to be inclined to move their under-20s game. No. It's not going to happen. Um, so unless, unless they find out there's a risk yeah. of uh, well, ben, Bar- oh, ben Hunt or someone yeah. rolling an ankle. If that happens, the young raw game would also be moved, but yeah. it's not going to happen, so... All right, so some of the other fixtures coming up in round 24. You've got Western Sydney against Melbourne City, Central Coast against Adelaide. That's Friday and Saturday for those two, respectively. And then Sunday, double header, Wellington, Newcastle, and Perth versus Sydney. Now, we've got a couple of minutes, so we're actually going to go back and do our Around the A-League predictions, Scott. Oh, good. Well, I think um, Sydney FC will be winning their Premier's plate on Sunday night. If not early, depending on the outcome of our game. But this weekend, they'll win the Premier's plate. Adam, for me, for me, Western Sydney, Melbourne, Melbourne City. I think that's the one. I think we're going we're going to learn about about both teams yeah. here, whether Melbourne City are back or where Western Sydney have, have sort of put themselves in the frame as a contender. So I think for for a Friday night game and 
be good to have a Friday night game back again. Um, yeah, I think that, that'll be the game to watch, I'd say. Yep. And I believe my prediction is going to be that Wellington are actually going to hold their own in their game. I think they're going to be severely undermanned, but I don't think it's going to be the pummeling that a lot of us are expecting. That'd be very interesting to see that. And I think if, and if it is anything other than it could be, you know, a miracle almost, you know, that if Knicks can get up and yeah. again, we, we said last week that how ridiculous this fastball situation is that, you know, that, that Knicks have to play on Sunday. So if it's not a win for Newcastle, they're gone in terms of finals. This is must not, this is must win for them. All right. So now we're going to go into the A-League predictions and I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw for this game. Scott? Well, I, w- I haven't got a clue because I could you could see why the Raw would win this game handily. You could see why they would lose it handily. But with all the players out for both teams, I'm going to copy you one all draw. I'm going to go two all draw. All right. I'm actually just updating the predict- prediction sheet. I'll have to go back through some of the last few weeks and see how we're going. But I can tell you one thing yeah. for certain. My tips have sucked this season. <laughs> just quickly before we go, this is for the Raw, this is a important game because they've, you could... You could see Liverpool potentially playing victory in the finals in a few weeks, and a win over them now would boost the confidence massively. And also, yeah, that having that thing to hold over yeah. them. One thing that actually is just popping into my head before we head off here, if you're the Raw, would you want to consider possibly, like, would you win this game to try and, and hand the Premier's plate to Sydney FC, or would you take the draw and still leave so, it alive? Take self-interest. Self-interest is paramount, and then Sydney's going to win the Premiership anyway. It's just a matter of when. Hmm. I think I think it's more important that we that we hold on the fourth. I think that's probably the more important. I think thing. even our prediction of a draw hands it to Sydney SC anyway. Yeah. So victory have to win to keep it yeah. alive yeah. for at least another twenty four hours. Yeah. All right. So that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review, guys. Thanks for your time tonight. Good to see you, James. <laughs> and yeah, we'll see everyone at the fan cams on Saturday, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.